0: How Martin Shervington understood his channel to drive 15,000 unique visitors to his website. Episode 53 that's Welcome to the Rebel Growth Podcast. I am Borja Bezo, and every week I bring you step by step growth, and online marketing strategies that you can actually implement in your business to see some results. It's my pleasure to have you here, and let's start with another episode now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. For today's episode, I have with me Martin Shervington, who is going to share how he understood his channel, Google+. Plus to find his perfect audience and drive a lot of traffic to w- to his website. And one very important thing that you have to understand from this episode is that you have to know which is your channel and that you know by understanding where your ideal audience is hanging out. For today's episode, we're doing a contest that's at plusyourbusiness.com forward slash channels where you'll have a chance to win a one-on-one coaching call with me to analyze your marketing plan and see where you are at. Now, without any further ado, let's jump right into today's interview with Martin. So Martin, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for being here. Great to be here. Yeah, my pleasure. So why don't we start by telling the audience a little about you and your business and how it is that you got to where you are. Okay, I'm the founder of plusherbusiness.com, and I run communities
1: which are based on Google+, which are Plusher Life and Your Business. Background, I've got a law and business degree from 20 years ago, and I did post-grad in organizational psychology, and I guess the last four years uh, brings us up to date. I, I wrote some books and things in, in my sort of 20s and 30s, but the last four years I've spent in the Google ecosystem, um, building relationships as well as on other social media platforms, but really, really focused on understanding how the bits piece, to, piece together for social and search as well as with AdWords, with spend as well.
0: So you cut your teeth on, on AdWords when you got started, or yeah? Do you know what? Yeah, probably back in two thousand and
1: three, I, I started to realize how mathematical you could be and how funnel focused you could be by using AdWords. And back then, you know, the cost of acquisition was super, super low. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, personally, I used to spend up to about a hundred grand uh, a year on AdWords marketing, and it works, you know. So I still do that, still do client work with that, and teach people you know, different tricks of the trade. But social, I think, for relationships, is incredibly powerful, and I think that's you know, probably something that we've gone to. And I think that was really what got my attention, is social has allowed me to, to meet people that I wouldn't have been able to meet particularly easily in other ways. You know, even if you go to a conference, you still warm up the relationship by meeting people on social media first.
0: So when you got started with AdWords, um, how, how did you got introduced into this whole, you know, deal marketing? Space at. What, what caught your attention and um, made you think that you wanted to get into it?
1: Well, what happened was before Edwards, there was, you're pretty too young, Borja, to, to remember such things, but the overture was around prior. And what we used to have is a little desktop tool where you'd put in, and you could have it for the UK or the US, and you would just put in all day long leadership training, marketing. Um, you, you'd look at you know, what people are looking for, and you get all the stats on your desktop and this was was really my starting point is that's the mind of search that's what people are looking for and if the market's there you can advertise on it so that was the beginning really was instead of I I was doing some SEO at the time this is like 2001 2002 Mm -hmm. but I was never really deep deep into it and it was very gained at the time It was very much you know 10% on your keywords and this is what you put in it you know it's a different thing yeah and AdWords allowed me to to have a bit of art with the science so you start to look at the language of your ads and you start to do your, your split tests, and you do you know, a bit like following Perry Marshall, and people that were really you know great at the time, uh, just able to move people's attention to action. And then I got into uh, optimizing the landing pages, particularly for lead generation. That was a lot of what it was about, as well as back then, and I think it was Get Response I was using. Going back 2003, 2004, we used to put courses together and do what you do now with content marketing and then maybe having lead magnets and stepping stones towards you know, people becoming uh, you know, a, a fuller customer with higher lifetime value. So all of that's been around for me for the best part of 15 years now. But AdWords allowed a funnel to be put where you could measure the cost of acquisition. You could measure the, 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 the lifetime value, as I say. And that, for me, was, was a leap. In marketing, because you could suddenly justify increase in spend, you know, if you're, especially if you're doing it well.
0: Right, you could grow in a mathematical way. Yeah, by knowing your numbers, you, you could know like how much you you can afford to spend, you know, per lead. Or, Absolutely, you know, exactly. That's what you want to know. Yeah, and particularly then, once you've worked out, you know, what
1: people are buying, because I think there's an early stage as well, which is you get attention. But you don't necessarily know what the products and services are that people really want from you. You know, you're kind of putting a lot of things out there and feeling around. And it's really interesting uh, to, to be doing this interview this week. I put out to my list a survey um, over the weekend, and I said do, lots of different questions, but what sort of paid stuff do you want? What free, uh, what. Uh, Paid stuff. Well, oh, sorry, do the other way around. What free stuff do you want? What paid stuff do you want? You know, what services could you be interested in? And, and a list of I don't know a number of questions. And I had around about two hundred and twelve responses from that to quite a detailed survey. And I went. This is useful. You know, I've, I've, I've done the work to get the leads, and I'm now really focused down on making sure I serve the right products and services for this coming year. And that was something that I picked up from Chris Brogan. And it sounds so simple, do a survey to your list. But actually, it's in the discipline of a, a well-put-together survey, testing out with a few people, adjusting the language, and then scaling it. And always have in mind that you're serving those people. You know, they've opted in, but it's just the start of the journey. Then You know, that's the marketing bit just beginning. You've then got to have the right products and services. You've then got to move them through the funnels, you know, stepping up ideally so that the spending more, getting more value.
0: Yeah, I would agree that, uh, you know, serving my, you know, my audience, I think it's the number one thing that I, uh, the most valuable thing that I get out of my list. Um, that's the, actually, that's the first Step like the the first action that I ask people to take once they subscribe to my list is to answer to my email and tell them tell me what their their biggest problem is when it comes to you know whatever the niche is if it's about you know if it's related to rebel growth if it's my rebelgrowth.com uh, email list I'll ask them yeah. I'll ask them what their their startup and and growth hacking problems are and if if it's related to you know my other niches on in the arts and crafts. You know, awesome, whatever it is uh, related to their their hobbies, and it's the number way that I get you know responses for discovering what to to create content about, what to create products about, yeah. what create blog posts about, and every single get day I get you know hundreds of replies to my emails to my email with with, with problems that my audience has. It's a li- it's a little more responsive on the hobbies niche than the marketing niche for whatever reason, but it's super valuable. You know, I don't have to do a lot of keyword research anymore because people are already telling me what their pain points are. Uh, pain points are. Yeah, yeah, Then I can mix that with, you know, a little keyword re- research for SEO or, or whatnot. Um, so it's definitely uh, the number one action that I would suggest people building an email list do like in the very first email that you send out to your, to your list after they, they subscribe, you know, ask them a question, you gently and can, kindly ask them to reply to your email with the biggest problem, problem that they have. Then you just reply back and say thank you and that you'll do your best to solve their problems. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah. What, what, what do you tell me about your business model? Model. What is it that you do for a living? So I have done consultancy for a long time.
1: So that is part of it, is I will work and I will either go in and do strategy around social, strategy around AdWords, and you know, doing that for sizable clients. But what I've really spent the last year because there's a bit of backstory here, because most people knew me for Google Plus, and I've said, right, I want to move to Google for business. So since I think around right about March last year. I have been doing a pivot to make sure that people know that I've studied and do a lot of practice around Google My Business with clients. So there's a lot of local stuff there with reviews. So we help clients get more reviews. I also then focus on the conversion side. So people will come through, and if they don't want us to, to do the work ourselves, do the consultancy, and, and even then they outsourced AdWords management, we're almost like co-manage where we can do some training and support around AdWords for them. And then the third bit is the social which is what most people knew me for originally. But it's like sometimes the best approach for a local business may not be social. It may be to do an AdWords spend and focus on getting the reviews up. And sometimes with other businesses, it's just do social. You know, if you've got a startup that's got an app that's very specific, go and find the influencers in the niche that you're looking for and target them. So helping people to do that. So it's either going to be helping individuals or helping businesses. And we have those three different offerings, brand, reviews, and
0: conversions. So now, now that we're on that, that topic and that you mentioned that, it would be the ideal moment for my uh, signature question. And that's, who is your ideal customer? What's you know, your avatar, so to speak?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because in the last, because of the survey, in the last week, I've been adjusting. And I'd say the individuals, in other words, those that join my academy and support, it's consultants and it's small business owners that are managing themselves on a day-to-day basis, doing the AdWords spend, doing the the social, but doing it themselves. That's the micro side of it. And, you know, it, I could, I could paint a picture of it's, you know, it's Brian, age 40, etc. cetera, but essentially it's consultants and that, that, that profile in terms of the businesses, it's people turning over in dollars, probably half a million plus that are looking for that extra support. They don't want to be doing it themselves, but they're on a growth plan and they've got a budget. So, and then, you know, that can be up to a company that run about 10 million, I'd say, so it's probably when we step out and it will go to somebody else.
0: Now, what were some of the things when, like, uh, let me go back. When we were going back and forth, you know, chatting over email, uh, you mentioned that one of the biggest uh, things that you did when you were building your, your business was understanding Google, right? Yeah. So what what were some of the specific things that you used to do early on, you know, to, to, to do that?
1: So the starting point was my entry into social media was largely Google Plus four years ago, even though I'd been on Facebook for years before and Twitter I I got it properly, I understood the community side on, on Google Plus and what I did was write blog posts within the platform that served the community and I built a community of people that would engage on the content. That was the starting point. I then went and started my my blog and started to write on martinsherminton.com and then later on launched plusyourbusiness.com. So I took the attention that I had within social and then moved it to the blog. Now, what we found, what I was finding, was the content was getting search results. So the social activity and the authority of the people engaging on the content was signaling to Google that this should surface in search. So suddenly, I was like, "This is useful." So social SEO, it, you can put a process in place that is produce content, serve it to the community, and it's not those people that look in search; it's the others that are looking in search, and they come and they surface. Um, i put case studies together of people search for social SEO facts. Um, there's uh, probably a number one or number two post. It's a while I put it, a while ago I put it out. But I've got the stats there, and there's one example of a post that was What is Google Plus? And that post, last time I looked, had over 330,000 unique visitors. That's come primarily from search, not social. Because so, uh, social is the initial wave, and you might get five or 10,000 vi- visits from that. But then, if you've got the authoritative piece of content on the subject, it can sit at a top, top spot, you know, maybe one, two or three in search, and get a heck of a lot of traffic. And I did this with Google Hangouts, I did it with YouTube, I think I've still got a, a number one spot for Google Hangouts on, on YouTube. Same principle, serve the community great content, and the community gives you search
0: results. Wonderful. And uh, uh, do you know do you know what terms you were ranking for, for that specific Google Plus post? That, yeah. About what to... What we're, believe it or not, what
1: is Google? I got a number one spot for, Whoa. which was, was just kind of like such a strange. But the reason why is that the, the, the plus just got dropped in terms of the, 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 on the title of the post. What is Google Plus? And Google indexed it exactly the same. So that was there. And what is Google Plus? I mean, I think I was probably getting around about ten to 15,000 uniques a month from that, for, for, certainly for the first uh, you know, year or so. So, yeah, what is Google? What is Google Plus?
0: That was pretty much it that's wonderful i mean uh, it's it's pretty you know naive to think that these kind of things can't be you know can't be achieved i don't know nowadays but it definitely helped you obviously oh, it helped yeah and
1: i mean also what I, what i do is everything i learn i teach that's my principle so when and i think this is a good tip for people is when you find out something you want to blog about it, you want to tell the story. So the example I gave of that social SEO facts, social SEO evidence, there's a video on there which is, you know, what is social SEO, I think it was called. And I, I put that video out, so you have an extra piece of content telling the story of how I got the search results. But you go to YouTube and you look for what is social SEO, and I, I didn't push this too heavily, and I think it's got it. you know, it certainly had a top three result for a while, maybe top five now. But if you put a decent thumbnail on it and you end up attracting people's eyeballs, you get good clicks, you get good volumes. You know? And I think that that's the thing for people to look at is what is it you can do that will educate the people around you? How can you support them for, to lift them up and using social media to build a community that is really keen to help each other, not just looking at the transactional side? You know, as soon as you've got people's attention, it's how can you help? You know, and a lot of people want to build their businesses. And if you're an individual, then it may be different to if you've got a whole team of people. An individual, you've got to do a lot of stuff yourself. So you want to make the best decisions. You want to focus on the content that's going to get you the results, that's going to get the right people that then potentially sign up to your list.
0: Yeah, you have to be very strategic about it and very systematic. Yeah. Yeah, you have to create processes. Processes help a lot as well when you're, you know, when you want to scale. Yeah, definitely.
1: And you know, one of the things, one of the, the, the steps in my journey, and this is going back probably three years ago, that made a big difference is I just went, right, time to get an assistant, time to get a virtual assistant. And it just meant that I could act, just for 20, between 20 and 40 hours a week, I could just pass over the admin tasks based upon, and this is uh, what, you, what you said, which is the processes. I would write those process lists down. So any time I was doing a task more than once, it would be write the document, put it in Google Drive, give it to my assistant to do all of the future, future tasks relating to
0: that. And suddenly you find you don't repeat yourself. You're always moving forward. I think that's the, uh, the number one thing that helps my business grow. And it's the number one, you know, the, one, the, the hardest thing for me to let go of. Yeah. You know, yeah. outsourcing or not outsourcing, but uh, delegating yeah it's so hard for me things like i don't know graphic design that i love doing um posting on social media things that i really love i mean not posting on social media as myself you know but as maybe as the business or th- things that can be automated it's hard for me because i'm a very critical thinker you know and um i don't know it could be part of an arrogant part of me or egotistic or, you know, something that maybe we all have, I don't know what it is, but it's really hard for me to let go of certain tasks that I know I should uh, be outsourcing. For example, I don't know that I could be still running my podcast if it weren't for Melanie, my assistant, my podcast assistant, I mean, she does so much for me in regards to finding proper guests like yourself, And uh, I really recommend every entrepreneur to think about outsourcing first or hiring or delegating, yeah. or, or, you know, however you want to look at it. Um, now going back into, you know, understanding Google for, for the growth of a company, uh, when you wrote that post, um, were you doing anything specific to optimize it, like were you aware that it could rank and you yeah. did anything specific to op- optimize that post? I'd already done a lot of testing and got some search results before, but that was a beast,
1: a beast of a post. It had six videos in it, it got Hmm. shared by people at Google, it was an authoritative piece. And what was I doing it was just making sure all of the ducks were in the row, you know, making sure the title was matching the the, the, the URL and making sure that the, the meta description was just reasonable, just had the right keywords in it, as in what is Google+, Plus? You know, you know, an overview of the, and then some words that were relevant to that particular content. I, think, I, I mean, I can't remember the meta description, but in other words, you don't, To me, there's no mystery with that. If a piece of content deserves to get a top spot, it will get it if the right people share it. So the one side is the on-site side. And I don't think there's a huge amount of magic, to be honest, to it. I think that you've just got to do the sensible things. But the more important side is the social and the relationships and spending time with the people who have authority in the subject matters that you want to be an authority in or related subject matters. That's the key difference.
0: Absolutely. Uh, number one, making sure that you have something shareable. You know, maybe the best piece of content that that's anyone has ever ri- written about that topic. Yeah. And Number two, making sure that you're promoting it. You know, you know, making sure that it lands on on the right hands. Uh, especially nowadays, if you, if you're getting into the SEO game or uh, you know search traffic game, where it, it's not as it used to be anymore. Like we mentioned a little bit earlier that it was used to be very systematic very used to be very tactical you know you get yeah. 10% of keyword or keyword density and uh uh five links from .edu you know websites it's not like that anymore you know google has changed and it's getting smarter and um you always have to think about value first you know quality first and then making sure that the right people uh, you know, sees and and ensures your content, and you know, it, then we go into, you know, building a community, building a network and networking, and you know, connecting with the right people and all that. Now, um, I want to talk about SEO. Uh, sorry, Google Plus. Today, do you still recommend people to use Google Plus? No, you got to go for the who. So let's look at what's happened.
1: So Google Plus has got a real focus now on something called collections. Collections are categories of content that you build up. So a little bit like a Pinterest board. Now my bet is that those will eventually surface in search, and just like Pinterest boards do. So I think there's a there's an opportunity to. Curate and to have your own content that goes into them—very niche-focused, authoritative collections. Now, that means—but but here's the challenge: it's social media is a challenge. Emily, you've got to go and build relationships. You've got to put the time in. And the first month or two, when you arrive on Google Plus or you arrive on Twitter—or uh, primarily those two—you've got to go and. Plus one, comment, share, or like, retweet other people's content. You've got to go and get on people's radars. You've got to go and find the influencers in the, in the niches that you're interested in. I'm in America now, so I should say niche. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, you've got to go and find those people and build relationships. And you have to make it about them before you get the right to share your stuff. You know, you can share your stuff, but unless you build built your network, nobody's going to see it. If you get in touch with somebody and say, hey, could you just share this? They're going to laugh because like we've been doing this for years now, you know, there's, there's two structures for people to think about. One of which is go and build alliances with people, go and find the influencers and let them know that you want to play in this game, which is how can I help? Right? That's the one level. So you go and help them to spread their content, to support them, be part of what they're doing. The next bit is you start to build the tribe. But to build the tribe, you have to create trust. How do you create trust? You share content and you serve content that serves the people that are following you. So as your network grows, people are going, Wow, you can help me optimize my landing pages. You can help me find new recipes. You can help me um, make that new arts and crafts thing because I trust you. I trust your content. And that's what you have to do. You have to go out and Build the relationships. And I think that's such a different mentality to the AdWords mentality in terms of acquisition. And, and, I, and so I love AdWords, but what you, what you do with social is public space and a different psychology to work in that straightforward mathematical funnel. And I think that there's a melding that occurs within oneself when you're doing it, which is once you have somebody's attention, then you can deepen the relationship. But you've got to get people's attention. So allies and tribes. I think people need to to differentiate the two.
0: Lovely allies and tribes. (laughs) That sounds good. Do you have a post or a book about that, or do you just? I
1: I think I've certainly got content on it, but it's 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 elsewhere.
0: um, Mm -hmm. But on that.
1: But if people search for those keywords, then I may well have written stuff up. But uh, I I do have some paid content around it, but allies and tribes. (laughs) I I learned some of this the hard way as well. I hasten to add. In fact, there's one post on the Social Media Examiner, I think, where I talk about this. And looking back, you always go, oh, I wouldn't do that again. And you ask people to share your stuff sometimes. But if you ask an ally to share your stuff, they'll just look and go, yeah, you still don't get it. It isn't like that. The allies will share the stuff when they see it, when they're part of it. Include them. Make them part of the story. Interview them. And they'll go, yeah, you're you're doing something for me. You're helping me build my brand, get my voice out there, reaching your, your, your audience. That's a great way. But if you just go, hey, can you do this for me? You've got to have a pretty good relationship with that person, not for them to go, hold on. You're taking more than you're giving. You know, and I remember Guy Kawasaki, I used the example, Guy was so kind to me in the early days. And I reached out to him over Christmas and said, you know what, every time, every, every, every six, uh, 26th of December, I, I, I remember you, Guy, because you gave me a break. He gave me a wonderful quote, and we built the relationship in the early days. But there was a point which was I think I asked him to share my stuff, and he's asked me to share stuff before now. But it was like that's a very different relationship. You know, you want to make sure it's solid. You want to make sure it's there. You know, pull out the big guns when you need to.
0: Absolutely. Now, Martin, um, any any key takeaways that you would like to share with people?
1: Yeah, I think that the opportunity, let's look at what's going on with social media. Go and find where it's happening for you. And go and find who's paying attention. Let's, let's say, I have a, a slight obsession with virtual reality at the moment. And we did some research, and if you're selling or you want to talk about Oculus Rift, Google Plus has got more shares going on about Oculus, well, as Oculus, but the unit that's coming out, than Facebook right now because there's such a geek community. Go to Twitter and you'll find people using certain hashtags. Go and build the relationships with them if they are there. That's the thing. Go and find out what's happening. And Little by little, the long game of social will get you to build relationships. However, you need your website together. You need to know the things that you're selling. You need to have a, a content strategy, which means that you are the authority in your niche. That's what everyone, I think, wants to be aiming towards, is that people go, who's Martin Shunton? He's the Google for business guy. He's the one that creates the AdWords content, the Google Plus content, the Google My Business content, the Google Drive business, uh, Google Drive content, all of it. You go and see him for that. That's what I do. That's what I want people to know me for. That's what everybody's got to do. You know, and don't worry. It ain't easy. And sometimes there's little shifts sideways and you get distracted, you get caught up or whatever. But actually, we all return back to the thing. Serve the community on the basis that they opted in. And that is what everybody has the opportunity to do. You know, if you turn up to a dinner party, then you're in a room with those people. You serve them, you support them, you help them. And I think that social combined with good on-site work, combined with understanding search, combined with spend as well, whether it's AdWords or Facebook and so on, that starts to give you a much more complete view of what you need to do to
0: build your business. Lovely. Martin, any place you would like to send people to learn more about you?
1: Check out plus your Come and see me on Google Plus. Come and see me in the community. Um, it's plusyourbusiness.com. And get in touch with me, Martin at plushobusiness.com. I'm you know I always reply to everything. I'll support anyone in any which way I can.
0: Well, Martin, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Take Thanks care. for
1: that. Take care. Bye.
0: All right. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Martin Shervington. Head on over to rebelgrowth.com forward slash episode. 53 for today's show notes until next week guys thank you so much for being here implement and keep on growing